what is up guys welcome to another episode of beef's beef uh we got a a few things on the docket today uh talk about the louisville uh wake forest game talk a little bit about the the last game against miami the tough loss on the road uh talk a little bit about the uk west virginia game uh but some big news came out today about michigan state that i'm gonna go into uh so we'll kind of start with the uh or we'll start with the louisville game um, the game against Miami, I'm not going to talk too much about it because, again, it is the past. Uh, I talked about it a little bit uh, last night on my Facebook Live. So, rebounding is a big thing. When you get out-rebounded on the road by 11, give up 18 offensive rebounds on the road or anywhere by that by that case, you're not going to win very many games. Um, we had the game... And pretty much in hand going into overtime, uh, great shot by uh, by their freshman guard. And, I mean, he absolutely killed us. It was definitely a coming out party for him. Um, so I mean, we I, hopefully bounce back against Wake Forest. Wake Forest is coming into the game one and seven in the ACC, eight and twelve overall. Uh, Louisville's fifteen and five, five and two in the ACC, which by the standards that we were going by right after the Kentucky game, it's, I mean, I, I'm still happy with this team. I thought we kind of regressed in some areas uh, in that game against Miami. Uh, hopefully, with the demeanor that Paget had, I think that practice has been pretty tough the past couple of days. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll start getting that stuff out completely where we don't do that stuff again. Uh, so, Louisville does average uh, 77.7 points. Wake Forest, 74.3. Uh, Louisville only averages giving up 68.5, where Wake Forest averages giving up 73.8. Um, if you look at the matchup predictor on ESPN, it is a set, an 84% uh, in favor of Louisville. Uh, and it is in the Yum Center. So uh, I, I think Louisville should win this one fairly easy. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to go too much into it because I don't think it should be a tough game. I think it it won't be it won't be a blowout like we did Pittsburgh, but I think we'll win the game 15 to 20. So it's still going to be a blowout, but it's not going to be like their coaches yelling at fans in the stands that are fans of his own team. So um, I, I think we'll I think we should bounce back. It would be nice to have this Wake Forest game before Virginia next Wednesday. Um, so. Again, I think we win. I think we win fairly easy. I think we pull away in the second half like we did against Pittsburgh because I think that game was kind of close at halftime. And I think we we uh, we went – I don't know. Wake Forest just doesn't have a lot of talent. I kind of liked Danny Manning a couple years ago with but with with you know with his NBA prowess and I thought he was doing some good things and he had John Collins. and I mean, I know it's just one year removed from John Collins, but I don't know. They just don't really seem that good to me. And, and like I said, since the Kentucky game, Louisville has really bounced back. And I don't know, I think it's funny because if you look since that Kentucky game that was in Rupp Arena, Louisville has almost looked better than what Kentucky has. I mean, since the Louisville game, Kentucky has lost three games. Louisville's lost two, but the three games Kentucky's lost at Tennessee by 11, South Carolina on the road by 8, and they lost to Florida at home uh, last Saturday. Losing two straight in the SEC is not a good thing, uh, especially to a South Carolina team that was down and didn't even have the player that they had just got transferred to them. Um, 
and you had a 13-point lead with like 11 minutes left in the game. Um, and that Florida game, they really had chance after chance. Florida really tried to give them the game, and Kentucky just couldn't finish. Um, they did bounce back and get a win against Mississippi State by 13, but going on the road to West Virginia is not an easy task, uh, especially this season. I mean, coming into the game, West Virginia is ranked number seven. Uh, they are. What's crazy is the matchup predictor on ESPN is as much in favor of West Virginia as it is us in the Wake Forest game. So they already think that West Virginia is going to take care of business. West Virginia is a very tough defensive team. They average nine steals a game. I know they did just lose to TCU, on but that was on the road. Uh, in their last five games, West Virginia is actually coming in struggling. They're actually two and three in the last five games, where Kentucky is three and two. Um, they lost to Texas Tech, Kansas, and TCU. Two of the three were actually ranked teams, but um, they did blow out Texas and they did beat Baylor. So, uh, like I said, West Virginia's a very solid team. They have three of their four losses coming in the last five games, so maybe they are kind of stumbling into this game. But when you play at West Virginia, I just think back to when Louisville did. That's never an easy place to play. That team could be terrible and still not an easy place to play. Their fans are throwing batteries at their coaches. Um, I've heard rumors that their football stadium has a fence in between the visiting fans and the po- and the home fans to keep to keep things uh, calm. I, I've never been there to be able to tell you whether that's true or not, but I have heard that. Uh, so I mean, they they definitely have some solid players, and it's going to be a tough game. It may be Kentucky's toughest road game that they have all season. I mean, I'd have to look at their schedule, but. Um, of any place that they play, I'd have to say that this is this is their toughest road game. Um, the Swamp is always a tough place to play, and I'm sure they play there. I believe they play home and home with Florida. Uh, let's see, they they played some neutral site games, but scrolling through their schedule, West Virginia, Auburn. Yeah, I'd have to say that West Virginia is the toughest play that the toughest place that they're going to play all season on the road in a true road game like I said that they'll play neutral site games and they'll be in the tournament and play tournament games but true road games this is definitely the toughest place that they're going to play all season um, this this West Virginia team definitely mirrors what their coach is they're going to get down they're going to get they're going to be gritty they're going to get in your face um, it's they're a tough play they're a tough team to play man and I, I can't reiterate it enough that it doesn't matter how good or how bad this West Virginia team is. It's always a tough team to play. And if you go back to 2010, I mean, I know that they blew them out a couple years later uh, in the tournament, like embarrassed them. But normally this team is a tough type of team or is a type of team that Calipari teams struggle with. Uh, I, don't, I don't know. Like this, this, the team he has now, I know they killed us in the three-point line, but this team now... Um, at Kentucky, it's really not that great of a three-point shooting team. Uh, I'll be honest with you; it's kind of it's kind of weird because <clears throat> even even though uh, Calipari normally normally throws together a lot of freshmen, he normally starts to have some type of identity by now. And this is the team. This is the only team since he's been at Kentucky that I don't. Maybe the team that ended up going to the championship game and losing. Uh, I just don't feel like they have an identity yet. Like I, they don't know what they're, they don't know what they are. Like guys don't know what roles they're playing. 
and stuff like that. It's, I don't know. I mean, I feel like some of my friends that are Kentucky fans are still worried. Uh, I don't know. I just, I don't get this team. With this mixture of talent, you would just figure that, you know, but then again, with this mixture of talent, you also get egos. You also get so many different things. And I don't know. It's it's tough to watch this team. It's actually not fun to watch this team. Normally, they have players on their team that are fun to watch. This one doesn't really have someone on their team that is fun to watch. And I don't know. Like, I'm sorry for my Kentucky fan friends. I am. And um, I hinted towards a, a hot take that I'm going to have today. And I'm going to do it. It's going to be here just a little bit. And I truly believe this. I've told a couple people this. But I want to finish talking about this game. So uh, the Louisville game, like I said, I think we win by 15-20 to 20 against Wake Forest. Uh, if I had to make a uh, if I had to make a prediction, I'd say seventy nine fifty eight. Kentucky, I think they I think they come out and play better than what people think they will, but they still lose. Um, I'm gonna go with seventy eight seventy one West Virginia. Uh, free throws down the stretch are just too much for them, and the defense by West Virginia. I mean, because really, if you look at everything that they do, they're all they're all pretty much even. Uh, as far as stats-wise, blocks are almost exactly the same. Assists are almost exactly the same. Rebounds per game are almost exactly the same. Field goal percentage, Kentucky is five more. Uh, steals, West Virginia is three more. And then points, four less for West Virginia than what Kentucky averages given up. So, um, so going into this game, you know, you, you have all this stuff that's surrounding Kentucky, not just the not just the losing two straight uh, to not just losing the two straight games to uh, who was it, Florida and South Carolina, but then you have the uh, loss of Zion Williamson, which I mean, honestly, didn't think he was going to Kentucky. I thought he was going to uh, Clemson, which a lot of people are like, why would you think he's going to Clemson? Well, it is pretty much in his backyard, but. You kind of almost get the hint that, <clears throat> well, well, you don't get the hint because Duke has one, two, three, twelve, and is players in ESPN's uh, top one hundred or whatever. So you don't really get a hint. You really see that Mike Krzyzewski is beating John Calipari at his own game. So I, I've I put some thought into this, and it's, this isn't because I'm a hater. I don't like John Calipari. I'll be the first one to state that. I don't like John Calipari, but that's not why I came to this conclusion. My conclusion is, I think in the next four to five years, I, I think I think there's going to be one of two things that happens. My dad threw another one. I'll throw his idea out there. You all may agree with that one. The first one, I think John Calipari leaves Kentucky and tries the NBA again. My The other one, I think John Calipari is just another run-of-the-mill coach that goes back to recruiting like he did at, at Massachusetts, and he doesn't get the one-and-dones like he like he has been. Now, you're going to say, you're only saying this because you're a hater. Here's where I'm getting this from. I want you to, if you don't, if you're not a Kentucky fan or you haven't watched any Kentucky games, I want you to watch a Kentucky game, and I want you to see how he's he talks to his players. Okay? That's my first thing. I've coached a little bit. I know how players react to being yelled at now. 
I'm not saying that this is good or bad on their on these kids' character. I'm not calling kids' character into into question. I'm just saying most kids nowadays, especially kids like that that have been pampered their whole high school career, do not want to go somewhere and play for somebody and just get berated. I mean, the stuff that he says to the kids that you can see on TV is absolutely crazy. I mean, it's it happens. I'm not going to be naive and say that it doesn't happen at big time universities, even big time high schools. It happens. But now that you now that you see it, and it's always been there, but the old saying winning cures everything. Now that they're starting to struggle, people are seeing it more. Players are seeing it more. Now that they're seeing that players are going to Duke, they're going to Kansas. They're going to, I mean, you got D'Angelo Russell at Ohio State. You got, I mean, they're going to small schools and stuff too. Uh, players are going, players are going everywhere now. And they're realizing, I don't have to go play for him now to go to the NBA. Hmm. Now I don't have to deal with him yelling at me for six months before I go and play in the NBA. I mean, you take, look at Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons goes to LSU if you see the documentary about him, he literally says, I didn't want to go to college at all. If it was up to me, I would have skipped college altogether. And people always ask me, like, well, why don't you go to class in the second semester? I didn't want to be here in the first place. Some people may get mad at me for saying this. I respect him for saying that. Why should we make him go to college? That's not what he wants to do. Whether that's a good decision in the long run isn't for us to choose. That's for himself and his parents to choose. The kid is over 18. So... That's the two that I think. The other one, this is a this isn't my opinion. This is what this is what my dad said. He says he thinks he agreed with what I said. He said, but I'll throw a third one out there. He thinks that he cheats and his career ends up like Patino's. So, I'll, I'll leave you guys with those three. I, I think it's one of the first two. My dad thinks it's the third one. So, I think Cal Perry either tries to go back to the NBA and tries to get with a team like. Uh, like a team like New Orleans, not saying New Orleans, but a team like New Orleans that has a lot of his players on it that are already used to him, and that he can that you know that he can coach, or he just turns into a mediocre coach because he nine times nine times nine people out of ten already think that he can't he's not a good X's and O's coach. If you watch one of his games, they never adjust well, anything like that. So that's my two predictions. My dad prediction is he's going to end up ending his career like Patino has at Louisville. And he's going to get busted in some type of recruiting scandal because he is upset about basically Duke whipping his tail at his own game. So, I couldn't have a podcast today and not talk about what is going on with Michigan State. I want to state before I say anything about it that my thoughts... My thoughts and 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 everything are with every victim that happened that this happened to, um, and I'm going to mention some of the Louisville the Louisville stuff because of course I have to give you a comparison of what I'm you know of what I'm talking about. Um, so if you haven't heard anything about the Michigan State stuff, I'll go ahead and break it down for you a little bit. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail because some of the stuff is graphic. But I'll go into detail enough to where you'll be like, oh, man. So I'm going to read some of the stuff from uh, Paula Levine and Nicole Norin from ESPN.com. They wrote an article today. Uh, and it just it all came about from uh, 
the big scandal that just happened with, with the doctor that was just uh, that was just tried, Larry Nassar. I think it's how you say his last name, uh, Larry Nassar, where he got you know forty to one hundred seventy-five years. Uh, which again, I'm not going to go into graphic detail or, or or go into too many details about this stuff, but I can't not have an episode today and not talk about one of the biggest topics in sports. Um, so they actually found this stuff from a Title IX investigation that came from this Larry Nassar case, and just a quote from it. Uh, the actions go well beyond highly publicized the highly publicized case of former MSU athletic physician Larry Nassar. Over the past three years, Michigan State has three times fought in court unsuccessfully to withhold names of athletes in campus police records. The school has also deleted so much information from some incident reports that they were nearly unreadable. In circumstances in which administrators have commissioned internal examinations to review how they have handled certain sexual violence complaints, officials have been selective in releasing information publicly. In one case, a university hired outside investigator claimed to have not even generated a written report at the conclusion of his work. And attorneys who have represented the accusers and accused agree on this. University officials have not always been transparent and often put the school's reputation above the need to give fair treatment to those reporting sexual violence and to the alleged perpetrators. So, again, that's not saying too much because then you're like, okay, well, so bring it back here. All we have now is just the Larry Nassar thing, and then they bring up some of Michigan State. So when I, when I heard some things about Michigan State, I was like, okay, is this just more of that Larry Nassar stuff? No. They bring the, the Michigan State football team with Mark D'Antonio and the basketball team with Tom Izzo into this. So I'll read another excerpt from it uh, that talks about D'Antonio and the football team. It is, I'll, I'll try to keep it as non-graphic as possible because, like I said, I, I do always want this podcast to be able to be listened to by anyone, but... Again, I'm going to talk about this, and it's it's a terrible situation. So, since D'Antonio's tenure began in 2007, at least 16 Michigan State football players have been accused of sexual assault or violence against women, according to interviews and public records obtained by Outside the Lines. Even more, D'Antonio was said to be involved in handling the discipline in at least one of cases several years ago. As recently as June, D'Antonio faced a crowd of reporters who were asking questions about four of his football players who had been accused of sexual assault. Six questions in, a reporter asked Antonio how he handled such allegations previously. He stated, This is this is new ground for us, he answered. We've been here 11 years. It's not happened previously. So that right there is super sketchy. The fact that he is all about hiding this stuff he's all about not bringing this stuff up I, I don't know I mean this is I, if I had to if you let's just let's just compare it let's just say this in the Louisville things apples to apples okay I know it's not I will say and I'm not picking sides but I'm saying just from looking at this from the outside I don't know how Michigan State does not get hammered in this I really don't know how they don't. Because you bring it back to the Louisville stuff, when the stuff came out, we immediately 
as soon as we did our internal investigation and we found out about it, Louisville immediately did a postseason ban uh, completely. They they uh, took away scholarships. This was self-imposed. This is still trying to hide it uh, 10 or 11 years later. And it doesn't just stop there. That was just the football team. So then you move forward and you go to, you're like, okay, well, you know, there's no way that anything's going to really happen with, with Tom Izzo. There's no way that stuff actually happened under his watch and all that stuff. And I'll be honest with you. I was very surprised when I read this stuff. Um, I don't know. You just don't you don't picture this stuff happening to people and people covering it up. I, I guess not everyone has the same moral compass as everyone else. And I don't know. It's just the fact that all this stuff keeps coming out and there's people that are in front of it that keep covering it up. It makes me it makes me sick, man, that 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 people are like this. So um it said let me find it in here in this article because there's a uh there was there was said to be uh a what was it, a student or a graduate assistant coach or something like that? Uh, let me see here. Started speaking. I'm like, I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm reading through the article. So there was a uh, there was there was a graduate assistant coach that was on the basketball uh, staff that was uh, criminally charged. Let me see. Yeah, that was criminally charged with punching a female Michigan State uh, student in the face. Okay, he's criminally charged with that. So you think, okay, he's on staff. What do we do? We fire him, right? They keep him on staff. So they end up making the Final Four later that season, and he gets charged with sexual misconduct again. So it's like, if you're not going to fire him then, are you going to fire him the second time? And I, I just don't. I don't. I, I know this is crazy, but uh, I, I just. I really don't see how Mission State doesn't get hammered by this. Uh, I don't. The thing is, is I 100% wish this never happened. I'm not just stating this because I want something to happen to Michigan State, because that's not the case. I, because if in the perfect world none of this stuff would have happened anyway because no one should be hurt like this uh, it's terrible man I, like I hate to see this stuff happen and it's I don't, it's a terrible thing to to have to talk about again I don't have to talk about it because this is my own personal podcast that you know I started myself but on a day like this when it's all over the news it's all over ESPN um I couldn't not talk about it. Uh, I'm trying to, I'm trying to be as vague as possible with it, so that, so that you, you know you can listen to this in the car with anybody. You know what I mean. So, uh, if you do want to, if you do want to read the article, it is a kind of a long article. Uh, but if you go to ESPN, it's on their front page. Uh, if you listen to this a couple of days later, you can obviously go and search about it. I'm sure by that at that point, it'll already be a big big thing. But um, it's a terrible situation. Uh, I hope whatever the right thing is to to happen does happen. 
Uh, I hope whoever is whoever is the one that is involved in this gets the right circumstances that should happen. Uh, nothing's ever going to fix what happened to the victims in this. So, I don't know. I don't like ending on a note like that. But, uh, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's, it's something that, that needed to be talked about. And I, I hope whatever is right happens. So... Um, guys, I'm I'm real I'm getting again. I, I I ramble sometimes at the end of these podcasts because I don't really know how to how to thank you guys enough for the overwhelming support that I get from you all. Um, at last count, before I added a, a few more, I had somewhere around fifty five shirts, and that's not even including the extra ones that I want to order. Um. And again, I've added some more. I don't know exactly how many more I've added. I have to add it up. But uh, if you do want to get a shirt, please try to get me your order in before Wednesday. The Wednesday, January the 31st. And get me your money by the that Friday, which would be the 2nd. Uh, I am going to order them the day after Super Bowl, uh, which Super Bowl Sunday is... Um, February the 4th and I'll be ordering them the 5th I'll probably be calling him uh, sometime on Monday to you know, set up some type of appointment to meet him and so he can get the shirts and stuff so guys again I appreciate all the support that you guys are giving me um, hopefully it shows in these episodes that you know I really do care about what I'm doing because I do like i I think about like what I'm going to say on all the episodes and all that stuff before, obviously before I even do them. I mean, with, if I didn't do that, then they would sound rambled all the time. But I hope you guys know that I do my homework and, and I hope it shows through this that you know I actually care and everything. So guys, keep liking, keep sharing, keep enjoying Beef's Beef. I'm going to keep pumping them out. Uh, I hope you liked today's episode. I know it was kind of a dark subject at, at towards the end, but... Um, I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to bring as many hot takes and as many different stories that I can to you guys, so that you guys can listen to them when you're working. I know I got some friends that work third shifts to so listen to them when they're working, uh, listen to them when they're riding in the car, um, anything. You know, I I try to I try to bring as many things that I can to you guys and try to keep you guys interested with different topics. So keep giving me top five ideas. Keep giving me different topics you want to see me talking about. Uh, again, now that. It's just Louisville basketball for me. I'm going to start talking about professional more. Uh, you're going to hear a lot more NBA talk, so I'll get a lot more of my friends that that you know know more about the NBA. Maybe you get some guests that played in the NBA. Who knows? You never know what could happen. So you guys, like I said, keep liking, keep sharing, and I'll keep pumping these out. Have a good weekend, guys.